Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Just Another Murder Guest. Because you know I'll say it wrong. Yay jam. <laughs> Yay jam. Um, all right. So we're late. My bad. Totally my bad. Um, also, but it's kind of my bad. Yeah, kind of your bad. So if y'all would have heard Beth's voice, did you see my post on Facebook? Yeah, I did see your post on Facebook. 100% my bad. Except for Beth had laryngitis and like it scared me. I called her one day and she answered the phone and I said, nope. <laughs> I hung up the phone. Literally hung up on me. Because and we're like, you can text me. And then ignored my text messages for an entire day. You know I don't text. You told me to text you. But who listens? And then ignored me the entire day. You, I was supposed to get my hair done, all kinds of things. And you were like, no, girl, no. <laughs> Keep that Rona away from me. Um, can I tell you how I got sick? Rona? No, I don't have the Rona. I already had that. Um, so I was at work mm-hmm. and went to bed. I was fine. I got paged out for a call at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I wake up and my throat was killing me. I thought I was dying. But I was like, it doesn't matter. I got to go save this life. Mm-hmm. So we go find this apartment and I have to go two flights of stairs up. So I'm carrying my little jump bag. I walk up the two flights of stairs. Thank God fire was on scene. Uh And they were already talking to the man because I couldn't breathe by the time I got up there. Oh my gosh. And thankfully it was a false call and we didn't actually have to help anybody because I could not. (laughs) (laughs) They were about to come save you. Yeah, Fire was like, do we need to carry you down the stairs? I was like, just, just go. I called my boss and I was like, hey, Mike, um, I can't breathe. And he goes, you need to go to the hospital. I was like, no, it's fine. I just, I can't, like, I can't be at work anymore. And he was like, no, you can't be at work and you need to go to the hospital. I was like, no. It was terrifying. Like, literally, you answer the phone and my eyes automatically just started watering. And I was like, boo. Yeah. Bye. So, (laughs) my mom's like, did you just, and I was like, oh, did you hear it? Did you Did (laughs) Did you you hear hear it? No. Did you hear that? So my voice is back. It's not not my voice, but it's here. Listen, it sounds sexy. Woohoo. So we're not going to cuss. And we're going to try not to cuss because our dads. Also, my mother showed my grandmother our picture <gasps> in the newspaper. Oh. And my aunt freaked out and was like, do not let her listen to it. And I'm like, she has no way to listen to a podcast. She doesn't have a cell phone. She does, but she doesn't really use it. Right. No internet at her house. Nothing. There's no way for her to listen to this podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> this is not mom all approved. <laughs> no. So, no. Oh, my grandmother totally listened. Did she? Yeah. She has her little iPhone. She asked me to download it for her. And, uh, you know, I think she's used to it. If it was my other grandmother, she would, like, poop mm-hmm. her pants. My grandmother but. would pinch me. She'd come find you and pinch you, too. So, <laughs> no. My grandmother was like, <gasps> stop. But she thinks it's funny. You know what I mean? My dad learned how to text just to give me a lecture. Oh, yeah. I got the... Daddy called me this morning. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm finishing my paper. And um, for the podcast, he's like, okay, don't cuss. And I was like, well, then you come do it, Papacita. Okay. Right? Okay. It's not easy. I still think that we need to get our dads together on a podcast. I told him that. He's like, well, see. I said, I think it'd be great. Mm-hmm. They'd have so many followers. <laughs> <laughs> Way more than us. <laughs> yeah, your dad always had like... So many viewers on yeah. his live videos. I miss his live videos. I do too. Mm-hmm. He was good. All right. Let's do it. Let's do this murder thing. Let's let's murder. Let's murder. Well, I don't want to murder anyone. It's not my jam. Talking about murder is my jam. <laughs> Murdering people, not, not my, my jam. jam. Okay. But I like jam. I like jam too. <laughs> Big girl. 
I mean, just another murder cast jam, like, not jam. I like jam too. I, like I do just like another murder cast, but I like jam. Like I'm really picky about my jam. All right, you ready to rock, paper, scissors? Yes. It makes me so nervous each time. I, think that- I get anxiety over it. <laughs> oh, but this was your idea. I know, but like, what if I like have to go first? Okay, ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. You did a rock. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won. So. Yay. All right, well, I have 14 pages. Yeah, mine's really short, so good. All right, all right, let's jump into it. Okay, ready? Yep. December 13th. Oh, God. 2005. 9.06 p.m. Atlanta 911 received a phone call about multiple gunshots. <laughs> At 6150 Yupon Road, like coupon, but with a Y. Okay. Yupon. Yupon. Yep. At Wild Lake Driving College Park. I meant to have that. I meant to have it playing. Mm. Booty, 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 booty. You know? <laughs> yeah. College Park. Bubba Spark. Booty, booty, booty. Okay. <laughs> Okay, anyway, however, before police arrived on the scene, the same caller dialed back and was like, yeah, there's a body out there, literally, like this, yeah, there's a body out there in the driveway. Um, okay. Yeah, the dr- the did dispatcher was like, <laughs> the dispatcher was like, uh, you said there's a, ro- there's a body in the roadway, and they're like, yeah, like, that's it. When police arrived, they found the body of 35-year-old Eric Clark. Eric was from Birmingham, Alabama. He had come to Atlanta to buy liquor. Okay. From Alabama to buy liquor? Yeah, I thought the same thing, right? Um, But for real, this is written out, but for real, let me explain. Oh, okay. Let's back it up. Back it up. Back it on up. Um, All right, Eric was married to Constance. They both grew up in Alabama. He wanted to give his get a better life than what he grew up with. I mean, yeah. He has great parents. They were wonderful, but <coughs> they just didn't have a lot. So he went to the Navy. After being in a really big explosion on his ship and losing a bunch of his shipmates, he was like, Audi here. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, he left and came home. He got a job at the local bakery, moved in with his family. Friends and family say he was a really hard worker. He never complained. He would do anything for work. Like, just didn't care. Like, he was just going to be happy doing it. Yeah. Like, where are those those employees now? Because I sure can't find any. No. Mm-mm. Um, in 1988, a mutual friend set up the couple and things moved quick AF. Um, Military guys like to move fast anyway. Do they? Yeah. Is that like a thing? It's a thing. Do firemen do too? Cause no, they don't. No, it's not like the military. Oh no, I'm sorry. They set the couple up. They moved quick despite the mom's reservations. She said it was just like a gut feeling she had where she's just like, mm, you know, Maybe she said the mama was like, maybe it's just the speed of the relationship. Like his mama or her mama? His mama. Okay. They were married 10 months later. Okay. Well, Constance's dad worked at the U.S. Steel. So she always grew up with money. He didn't. So the daddy got, her daddy got him a job at U.S. Steel. Okay. It was a really good job for him. Things were going really great for the couple. Constance worked at a nursing home as an aide. Uh, They bought a new house, new car, all the stuff. They were just doing really well for a newly married couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere. Uh, <laughs> so Constance was a heifer. <laughs> okay. Did I say term. heifer? <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it. Sorry, Constance was heftier. <laughs> oh, that makes it worse. <laughs> that makes it so much worse. <laughs> listen, listen, you'll understand why. Okay, I am not like y'all. I'm not a body shamer. Um, at all, but like this, <laughs> you called this... her a heifer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she wanted gastric bypass. Oh, okay, 
Uh, Eric was like, no, you're perfect the way you are. She said, boy, shut the fuck up. And she's like, I'm doing it. And so she did. Okay. Don't let no man tell you what you're not going to do. I'm glad that you had the money for it. Well, let's start there. Okay. Kind of. But things went south real quick with her surgery. Complications almost killed her during the surgery. And then after the recovery was worse, although she lost the weight, her pain was unbearable. They were doing all the pain management stuff, meds, going to appointments, blah, 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 mm-hmm. but nothing worked. Her problems became uh, worse, which made her jobless. So they're not sure if she got fired or just stopped going. Oh, okay. Just stop showing up. That's yeah, which good. I guess is going to get you fired regardless. Yeah. So, but, Of course, that means Eric had to pick up the slack. According to his sister, Kimberly, he started picking up double shifts at U.S. Steel, sometimes only sleeping, like coming home and only would like take a small nap for an hour or a few hours and then go back to work. Oh, that sucks. And then he was just trying to pay for her surgery. Yeah. And all of her problems, right? Mm-hmm. Well, things got even worse for Eric because they just kept falling behind on everything. And he decided to pick up another job on the week nights and weekends that he wasn't at the steel okay. bartending. So we just worked 24-7. We just worked 24-7. He should have became a firefighter or a paramedic. And then at some point, maybe he could sleep while he was working. Sometimes. Sometimes. Not all the times. And damn sure not right now. <laughs> <laughs> not during the, the pandemic. No. The panini. Have you ever heard people call it that? Yeah, because TikTok will, like, block it if you call the pandemic and things like that. Really? Yeah. I'm over TikTok. I feel like people are slowly getting over TikTok, too. Well, because they keep blocking everything. Mm-hmm. Knowing busy season for bartenders was uh, quickly approaching, he decided he would stock up. So, he decided, I'm going to, like, it's getting busy season. I'm going to have, like, kind of like my own company. on. But really, it's just like, a, I'm going to go bartend. Hire me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he borrowed $10,000 from his mom and dad. She took him to the bank. He signed off on it. You know, he's like, I'll pay you back. She's like, of course you will. You know, it's my son. Of course you will. Yeah. Because he was a really good guy. Well, apparently, liquor is a lot cheaper in Atlanta or in Georgia than it is in Alabama. Okay. So I get it then. Who knew? I didn't know. Right? I didn't know either. When police discovered Eric's body that night, of course, they contact his wife and she's like messed up. She's so upset. She's saying he was supposed to meet my cousin to buy liquor and I don't know why. Did she have him killed? We're going to find out now. You know I love a good murder for her. All right. Okay, let's go to the cousin she was supposed to meet, right? Okay. His name was Jean-Pierre. I don't know the last name. Devon. We're going to call it. We're going to call him Pierre. We might call him JP. We might. I don't know. Uh, okay. I, that last name's confusing me. Okay. He did a lot of security jobs around Atlanta, specifically at bars and all the nightclubs and stuff. So he knew where to get the liquor for cheap. So that's yeah. why he was going to meet him. Okay. But he never made it. Right. The same caller who was way too calm when they called 911 also said that they heard gunshots. So they went outside to investigate. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> It says seriously. (laughs) (laughs) And according to the attorney, Anton Rowe, that's what it is. uh, This is like a pretty high crime area, drug trays, whatever, whatever, where the body was found. But like he wasn't supposed to be there. So why was he there? So A, WTF. (laughs) B, why was Eric there? Of course they had assumed that this was a shoddy drug deal gone, you know, gone wrong Mm -hmm. or a robbery because he had gone to Atlanta with some moolah to buy, you know, all that money he borrowed so he could like stock up. 
But turns out he wasn't robbed at all. His wallet was still there. That's how they quickly identified him. So no robbery. Okay. Nothing. So they just killed him to kill him. Yeah. Of course, everyone was like, we didn't see anybody. No. We went outside. Nobody ever sees anybody. Okay. I'm telling you, as many of these calls that I've run, nobody ever sees anyone. They'll tell you that I saw a car drive away. So I have been to, my most recent one was a dirt bike wreck. And this guy was messed up, okay? Mm-hmm. I like to see the dirt bike. I want to know what he hit. I want to see the helmet we were wearing. I need mm-hmm. to see all these things to understand what injuries he could have because there are internal injuries, right? Mm-hmm. I asked where the dirt bike is. Oh, um, it's gone. What happened to the dirt bike? Oh, someone came and got it. Like, Already? Like someone came and got it. And no, like someone took it. Like we don't know who it was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. So this dirt bike is missing, but you're not concerned that it's missing. And did anyone see what happened? No, nobody saw what happened. No one knows anything. I'm like, listen, I'm not the cops. I don't care. I don't care that the dirt bike is stolen. But do you think the dirt bike was stolen? Yeah. When it's gone like that, the dirt bike is stolen. Not after the wreck, before the wreck, the dirt bike was stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Because why would it, why, why do they need to take it away? Huh. You're like, I'm not here to arrest you. Like, I, like I don't care. I'm just trying to save your leg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you don't want the leg, like, I'm good. I'm it's out. Fine. <laughs> All right. So, of course, everybody's like, we did not see anybody. I don't know any names, but, like, maybe we saw a car. Maybe a silver one. Maybe a maroon one. Maybe. We don't know. But when those shots went off, we sure as hell got the hell outside to look at them. Mm-hmm. What? If I hear shots, the last thing I'm doing is going out the the freaking door. No, I'm getting down. I'm going to find my babies and ducking for cover. I'm not going outside where the shots are coming from. Hi. Are you high? <laughs> All right. Anywho, the only lead they could try was the cousin. After questioning him, they had to let him go. He was dead set, dead serious on having nothing to do with it. And it was like very convincing too. He's, I mean, when you look at this interview, I wish I had it. It was like... No, I have nothing to do with, like, you honestly believe him. You know what I mean? And, like, those people are the scary people. Oh, yeah. Right? They were stomped. They had to let him go because they had nothing on him. They were like, I mean, yeah, he's serious. Like, look at him. So, the investigator's like, come on, I'll walk you outside. Look, I'm so sorry. Let me take you to the car. So, he, like, took him to his car, and then he was like, have a good day. And then he noticed, hold hold on. Um, You're driving a Burgundy. Oh, okay. Chevy Capri. Caprice? Caprice. Cap- yeah, sure. Caprice. Caprice. Not Caprice. Like, it's not a Caprice. <laughs> <laughs> Call it <No> a Caprice. <laughs> they like, noticed his burgundy Chevy Caprice. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote side eye. <laughs> Remember? The people that ran outside during the gunshot saw a maroon car driving away. Yep, sure bum, did. Bum, bum, Don't look at my paper. What? <laughs> <laughs> But they can't just go off this. But they can creep. The investigator said. Boo boo. (laughs) No, you're supposed to finish my sentence. Let's try again. The investigator said. You did it. Let's. Investigate. Investigate. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm like terrified. Uh, (laughs) Although police were digging her into John Pierre. Eric Stamon was like, no, 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 no. This was, this was, this was Constance. The heifer. <laughs> you called her a heifer first. I thought it said heifer. <laughs> I thought it said it. I can't write, okay? 
When Eric's sister Kimberly first heard the news of the death, she at the alleged robbery assumption, she said he was not robbed. This was her. She did this. But she was in Birmingham. So, no, she didn't. Murder for hire. Hey, goes. <laughs> Kimberly said, also, this was not a drug thing. But it was for her. This wasn't a drug thing for him. This was for her. He didn't sell drugs or do them, but she did. <coughs> okay. So let's take take Constance roller up and throw her under the bus, right? Yeah. Because she just threw her under the bus. She said she was addicted to pain pills. This all started with that gastric bypass surgery and her pain management, in quotations. She became addicted to the high, according to reports. I don't know. Eric had previously sent Constance to rehab to help her, but also couldn't tell her no. So he fed into her addiction because he loved her. This is ultimately what led them into their financial strain, causing him to have to work over and over and over and over time. Because these pills she wanted were $20 a pop. Okay, so you don't go murdering the hand that feeds you. Like, you don't work anymore. Mm -hmm. Eventually, that life insurance is going to run out. Mm -hmm. He's he's better alive. Someone needs to go back in time and tell the heifer. <laughs> tell the heifer. <laughs> okay, so this makes me angry. This is like side note, right? This makes me angry. Part of me wants to be like, bitch, get your ass up and go to work. Yeah. But I also don't understand addiction. So I don't really have a place to speak on it. I don't know how it works. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to be respectful. Addiction is a real thing. Oh, I 100% I believe it. But I don't understand it because I've never been in that situation. You no. know what I mean? Addiction is a real thing. But you also have to want to get better, which if you want to murder your husband, you don't want to get better. So that's a you problem, not your addiction. You can't blame everything on the addiction. Uh, yes. But then in his, you know, in his turn, I mean, for him, I want to be like, why are you feeding into that? But then again, at what links do you go to, to please your spouse or to do things for your spouse? If you really believe that your spouse is in, is in pain, what links are you going to go to to make sure that they're happy? Also, he didn't tell her no. Um, I literally just told Jordan mm -hmm. either yesterday or I think it was yesterday. I would stalk his doctor mm -hmm. to get his doctor to change his medication mm -hmm. because what he's on is not working. Right. I go some pretty far links to get Jordan the help he needs. And that's what like, so it's like. You know, one hand, and this is all a side note, like, you know, I don't understand addiction. So, like, I can't speak on that. But would I go to crazy lengths to to do something for my spouse? Yes. Not, yeah. like, kill him. But, like, you know, he's, like, what's his name? Eric is working and working and working to try to make her feel, you know, yeah. not give in to her, but that's what she wants. Get her what she Better, needs. right. Because yeah. if he truly believes you. Okay. Side note, not sided. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're putting it back to the side. All right. This caused resentment from Eric towards his wife eventually. According to his family, they began to fight a lot because his bills were just piling up and piling up. And he called his sister at one point and he was like, I'm just tired. I'm just really tired. Yeah. I mean, of course you're tired. Like you're working 48 all the time. You're working 48s every day. <laughs> you're working 24-7. Yep. 23-7. So days after his death, before the funeral, Constance caught wind of the rumors and speculations from his family. And she was pissed. <laughs> my dad said I'm not allowed to scream into the camera anymore. Or scream into the microphone. It scares him in the car. Right? She was pissed. So she busted up in this family family gathering at the grandmother's house. And she let them have it. I can't believe y'all are saying this. I love my husband. Just like ranting and screaming. Like losing it. Almost busted the door off the thing. Busting up in there. Right? 
until the grandmother stepped in. And let me tell you something. A side note, if you are from the South, you don't mess with my moss. You do not bust up in a grandmother's house yelling and uh, no. So I think the grandmother grabbed her mm-hmm. and brought her to the side and was like, that is enough. Right now, I'm already scared. I'm scared for her. I'm like, look, put it. I'm like, I'm literally waiting for this grandma to come grab my arm. She's like, that's enough. We will talk about this later. You need to get out. And I mean, like, you know, everybody's like, okay. Yeah. You don't mess with a southern grandma. You just don't. They Mm -hmm. will, ooh, nope. Hammer down. That's what I put in there. (laughs) I love that you write your notes like a script. I do. I do. But it's like what I'm thinking at the time. Yeah. I'm like, ooh. Him it down. All right. But the family was like, I roll. Let's call the Atlanta Police Department and tell them how we feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the Atlanta Police Department was basically like, listen, our hands are tied. We have nothing here. But we'll question her. But like, literally, that's all we can do right now. Yeah. Because we don't, we don't know anything. Of course, she denied it when they, when they questioned her hardcore. But she also never questioned, like, how's the case going? Do you have any leads? Is there any suspects? And never questioned anything like that. She was just like, I, that's not me. I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do that. I was in the Bama. What is I don't know. <laughs> Three years go by with nothing. And it become a cold case. Yeah. Until new investigator decide, like, let's open them bitches back up. So right. New fresh eyes. Sh- open those files back up. <laughs> so they decided to go back to John Pierre's phone records. Like, why didn't we do this before? But what do I know? Well, you know. Yeah. And they noticed that two phone calls were made before and after the murder, and they were pinged from a cell phone tower close by Wild Lake, but were to a residence off of Misty Lake Lane, which is like not too far from Yupon. Yupon. The coupon. The coupon. coupon with the U. I mean, with the Y. <laughs> with the one. <laughs> but who lived there, might you ask? Well, <laughs> it was a man named Christopher Tumlin. He had quite the little record. Also, he looks just like the brother from Sister Sister. Yeah? Yeah. Is it the brother from Sister Sister? I don't think so. Oh. Okay. So, two weeks after Eric's murder, his car was found in a wooded area, but it was wiped clean. But turns out it was just a mile from Tumlin's house. Mm. Yeah. So, they decided to interview Tomlin. Tumlin. Which was easy because he was already in jail. And they explained to him how connected he was to this murder, the phone calls, the close back car. They also said, we found fingerprints on the car. Like, what does this put, what does this mean for you? And he was like, that this puts me in a bad spot, you know, although that was a lie. So I did not know that police investigators can lie to you about that kind of stuff. Like I would be in a panic if they were like, put your fingerprints around. I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, so do you remember, I remember when I was younger, not that I did anything illegal, but they would be like, if you're an undercover cop, you have to tell me. And I'm like, that's not fucking true. That's not effing true. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, daddy. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not true. Like, they can. Are you not keeping that in, right? <laughs> I'm so sorry, daddy. I'm trying. <laughs> I thought my dad was texting me for a minute. <laughs> like, he knows. <laughs> okay, so I did not know that. I did not know that. Like, I mean, listen, whatever you got to do to get the truth, right? Right. Tomlin was like, I am not about to catch a charge for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) No. He just straight up admitted to ditching the car. It was confusing. I know. Like, he was like, yeah, ditch the car. Okay. Well, okay. Give me more. Give me more. Right. Right? Give me, give me. me. (laughs) 
can make, can I cannot make- wait to videotape these so everyone can watch you. <laughs> According to Tumlin, JP, Jean-Pierre, called him the day of the murder and was like, hey, yo, you got a gun? And Tumlin was like, uh, yeah, but like, why? Apparently, Pierre told him that he, I know this guy um, whose wife wants him killed. Head turn. He hesitated because he's like, I don't want to be involved in a murder. Which, like, okay, but that's probably horseshit. But whatever. But JP said, don't worry. We're actually just going to rob him. Tomlin was like, well, hot damn, I'm in. Let go. Some money? Yeah. Yeah. So he sold him the handgun. And he said, hey, if you ride along with me, I'll give you some of that money. And I'm going to need more than some. They drove to the gas station and met up with Eric. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. And Pierre said, hey, man, follow me real quick. And Eric was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, because... Mm-hmm. You know, Eric was meeting Pierre so he could show him where to get all the liquor. Take him to go get the liquor. Yeah. So they stopped at a house that was under construction. Eric gets out of the car. Actually, Pierre gets out of the car first. And then Eric sees him getting out of the car. And he's like, "Ah, what's going on? Gets out. And he's like, hey, Pierre, what's up? When Pierre was just like. Rude. Rude. Uh, Rude. At least he didn't see it coming, though. Rude. So rude, though. Tomlin was freaking the mess out. Do you like how I covered that? (laughs) <laughs> he jumped out and was like, what the fuck, man? Sorry, daddy. That's a quote. That is a quote. It really is a quote. I have it written down if anybody wants to see it. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that murder. Arguing with Pierre. This is, now, this is all tum- Tumlin stories, so, like, eh, take it with a burn salt. Like, take it how you want. Okay, right? but if you really didn't want to be part of a murder, now it would be like, boop, boop, boop. Oh, 911? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> we what? were just coming to rob this guy. And but he shot him. But yes. Did, but then he shot him. Do you know how, like... Why couldn't you just do that? Like, you would clear yourself then. Yeah. You might get a couple, uh, two years for maybe, maybe a little more, but maybe accessory. I had thought about robbing him, but we weren't going to actually do it. Right. So then I'm paying again. I need you to come. Yeah. So while arguing about it, they noticed Eric started groaning and trying to get to his feet when Pierre said, nope, and execution style. Rude. So it's awful. Like, poor guy. Just working for his wife and she's working for his wife. She's a heifer. Oh. That's when Tumlin jumped into Eric's car and took off. He just wanted to get the hell out of there. I wonder if people can hear our eyes rolling. (laughs) (laughs) Investigators knew those details already, but they didn't believe Tumlin was just like some innocent saint bystander. So they pressed him. Tumlin said, quote, but there was another guy there. Ask him. You can get the full story from him that I'm not lying. And they said, who? Who is it? He said, Corey. They were like, who's that? And he's like, I don't know his real name, but like he goes by Corey. Corey's a real name. They're, he's like, ask him, ask him. His name is Corey. They're like, well, who's Corey? He's like, I don't know. But just go find someone yes, named Corey. Go like, find hey, Corey. I heard you knew about this murder. Yes. They said, I, he's like, I don't know, but his name's Corey. Mm-hmm. Police were like, okay, boo. <laughs> but we need Constance, so let's get her. Okay. You know they found Constance. You know how fast they found her? How fast? Pretty fast. You know why? Why? She was in jail already. What'd she do? In Alabama. Well, she was in jail for fraud dating back to 2017. She had applied for a loan. 2017? 2007. Oh, I was like, I thought this murder was in 2005, and you said three years, and this math is not math. You know what the problem is? What? You should not have killed the money train. Wait. I mean. Hold on. This fraud happened before he was murdered. Oh, okay, okay. So this, she got convicted in 2007. Okay. So this is I'm, why she was in jail. I'm on, I'm on the same page now. Right. So she had applied for a loan 
it, back in 2005, right? Mm-hmm. Using her cousin, she took her cousin's checkbook and an old driver's license and went and applied for a loan. Yeah, well, you can't do that. Yeah, well, this was completely unrelated, but the prosecutors were like, eh, let's dig around there a little more. So, it turns out, in June of 2005, she had taken the checkbook and the old driver's license, gotten herself a loan for $11,000. But when the bank contacted the cousin trying to get paid, her cousin was like, Duffa? No, no, no. That wasn't me, but I can tell you who it was. It was that heifer. The heifer. The heifer. If the shoe fits. <laughs> it was an accident. And the cousin's like, hammer down, pressing charges. You mm-hmm. press those charges. So in October of 2007, she was charged with several charges relating to the forgery and was sentenced to 40 years in prison. <laughs> Freak! 40 years. And not that I don't think she deserves it, but for, for that. identity theft. And forgery. Okay. 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 I feel like forty years people are committed. People murder people and, and get, get less that than that, time. right? Okay. I just feel like I mean, like, listen, she deserved it. But like, this seems a little she, crooked, she right? It, but okay, forty okay. years, and I even went back and made sure it said forty. Years. <coughs> it said forty years in multiple places. Okay. Okay. Forty years. Maybe they meant four point oh. <laughs> nope. It's forty, but. One of the most interesting things about this fraud case was one of the items she had purchased with the moolah. So she received her $11,000 on June 24th of 2005. And on June 27th, she took out a half million dollar life insurance policy oh. on her oh. harband. Oh, okay. He was dead six months later. Well, see, that was your mistake. Mic drop. <laughs> You could have thrown the mic on the ground. That would have been better. (laughs) Okay. May 29th of 2009, almost four years after the murder, Fulton County indicted Constance Clark for the murder of her husband. She was already serving 40 years. So basically, they're just like slapping on charges. You know? Like, here's this. Here's this. Here's this. She's already serving 40 years. August of 2011, six years later, the 38-year-old trifling hoe heifer felon went on trial for Eric's murder. Now, John Pierre had already been convicted of Tomlin, convicted. Tomlin testified against Pierre and told him everything. Of course, he denied it, but he still received life plus 25 years. Good. Right? Okay. I know we talked about the life being 25 years, whatever. But, like, why do we add on the 25 years when they're going to be in there till they die anyway? Just to make sure. If you're a zombie, if you come back as a zombie, like you die... And then zombies come back. You still have to be in jail. Like, I would be like, what for twenty five years? What the fuck is the point of like you're giving me life in prison with no parole? Literally, I'm gonna be there till I go to my grave. But like, okay. here, let me tack on an extra okay. twenty five. But like, it's like saying you effed up, so you have to go to prison for life. But you really effed up, so just in case, here's some more. Like, you but can't- what is the just in case for? Like, just in case you don't end up dying ever. Just, woman, who cares? (laughs) I mean, me. Okay. Zombies have to be held for 25 years before they can go eat other people's brains. (laughs) But during her trial, the jury didn't... Oh, okay, this is gonna... Okay, you ready? Uh Uh-huh. The jury didn't want any part of it. According to Fulton County District Attorney Paul Howard, the judge didn't want this to be a slam dunk case. Slam dunk the fun. Okay. So, prosecutors weren't allowed to bring up Pierre's case 
or her previous charges that she was incarcerated for. So, like, don't bring up Pierre's case that he was already charged with this murder. I don't want to hear any of that. Also, I don't want to hear anything about her forgery and all this kind of stuff of why she was previously incarcerated. That has nothing to do with this. And they're like, the fucking dash. So, like, don't bring up the what happened previously to her past, you know, mm -hmm. purchasing or not purchasing, getting the fake loan. Do not bring up the fake loan. But you know what we can bring up? That she bought the, the, the purchases that you've made. Yeah. Okay. So, they could talk about the large life insurance policy that she had purchased just a few months for, before. The prosecutor said, don't worry about that at all, though. Apparently, they had a confession and nobody had nobody had any idea that they had a confession. On the day of the trial, they called Eric's childhood best friend, Antoine Bell. I hope I had that right. Antoine said he ran into Constance at the gas station one day, just three months before the murder, and asked her how things were going. And she replied, fuck Eric. Quote. I need to collect some life insurance on his ass. Boop. There she goes. And this is his friend she's saying that to you? Yes. Uh you idiot, you say that to your friends, not his friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, now nah, I gotta be careful. <laughs> All right. The prosecutors also represented, represented, presented phone records. Constance and Pierre didn't speak much at all until shortly after the policy was purchased. And then lots in between. And then the day of the murder, also two brief phone calls after the shooting. Convenient. So they brought back. The handy dandy old Christopher Tumlin, who's telling on everybody. Telling I'm anybody. Telling on everybody too. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, don't ask me to lie for you. Like, I will tell on your ass so quick. He again tells the story, including the strange Corey. Everybody's like, what the Corey? Well, investigators are like, surprise! We found Corey. <laughs> Just days before the trial, a new investigator tracked him down miraculously. Somehow, it was a miracle. So, he was put on the stand and literally corroborated everything Tumlin had said. Now, remember, Tumlin was already in jail and they had no contact with each other. Yeah. So, like, they couldn't, like, be like, hey, I need you to tell them this. Hey, I need you to tell Right. Them. Yeah. So, he corroborated everything. And he also confirmed that Constance was behind the murder. Corey said that Constance told Pierre that she would pay him a whopping, do you want to guess, for for kill, for murder, for murder for hire? You want to guess how much that Constance was going to pay her cousin a Pierre? 10,000? Nope. What? Guess again. 11? Five. That's it? <laughs> yes. First of all, <laughs> if you are going to come at me and be like, hey, I need you to murder someone, you better have a damn good reason. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to need more money than that. $5,000. I'm going to need like a couple million. I mean, that's $5,000 and you're going to take someone's life? No. You, uh, you, that, you can't money. even buy a ticket to heaven. <laughs> For $5,000. What? And those are free. <laughs> like, what? What is wrong with people? $5,000. And then I put, the fuck. <laughs> In the defense's turn, they said, that's all a lie. Both men were only saying that Pierre, saying what Pierre told them to. Duh. They don't know Constance. They don't know anything about her. They don't know if she wanted her husband killed or not. They're just listening to whatever Pierre said because he doesn't want to be in trouble. 
And the insurance policy thing, that has nothing to do with it. Constance got both of them an insurance policy at the same time. 300 for her and 500 for him. And the phone calls, that was just because he was coming to Atlanta. Duh. I just was checking on and making sure my husband was going to be taken care of. We're taking care taking of. Care, he was taken care of. Taken care of with the pop, pop, pop. She said, my only fault in this was trusting the wrong man. This was all Pierre. He knew Eric had cash and a lot of it. And he wanted it. All those boys just wanted that money. But they didn't take the money, did they? No. Oh, okay. The prosecutors were like, she knew nothing about it. She loved him. Sorry, mm -hmm. that was the defense. The defense yeah. said that. The prosecution was like, you high or nah? He was the good guy. He did everything. He loved you. He tried to give you everything. But guess what? That still wasn't enough. You just wanted money, ho. Then it was time for deliberation. August 18th, they had reached a verdict. Over eight hours of deliberation. They were deadlocked at one point. Everybody was freaking out. They were like, this is going to be bad. You know? Mm -hmm. So they were waiting for all these crazy verdicts. Like, holy crap. She was charged with conspiracy, murder, and Several other charges that were, like, murderous charges, right? Mm hmm Basically, it's like, it doesn't matter what we charge her with at this point. Like, she's going to be in prison forever. Yeah. She was sentenced to life plus five years with that plus bullshit again. She's already serving 40. This is on top of her 40. Okay. So, she's got 40 and then life and then just tack on that extra five years for when she's 417 years old. So, kicking it in a jail. Before the judge revealed his decision, he asked Constance if she wanted to say anything to the victim's family. She shrugged rudely, side-eyed the family, and said, nope. I hope Grandma pinched her. I, I hope Grandma Ooh. looked at her and grabbed her by the fucking back of the, oh, you know that sweet meat on the back of your mm -hmm. arm? And it's like, I will kill you. May the Lord send you to hell. You know, old Southern Grandma. Yeah. Sorry, Daddy. Language. So she shrugged. She said, nope. H-O-E dash ho. <laughs> okay are you ready for this some family was satisfied with the decision some of them were not his sister said i don't hate her i just feel sorry for her eric's father pissed yeah she should have gotten the chair he said i would have pulled that switch i mean he would have turned the chair on <laughs> like that's what he said He's i like, got it for you she should have gotten the chair and i would have turned it on i would have i would have flipped that switch for them yeah. I'm like, oh, and so Constance will serve her first 40 years in a prison in Alabama for identity theft and fraud. And then it said 40 again. And then she'll be transferred to Georgia for her life sentence plus five years for Eric's murder. Um, did I tell you what's his name? Pierre got 25 to or life plus 25. Mm -hmm. Christopher Tumlin pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and is eligible for release this year. Okay. I don't know an update on it, but I'm going to try to find one. I would like to cite my um, my sources. I actually got this from, ah, shocker, snap. Yeah, that, uh, oh, okay. Season 12, episode four from Merbear. It's M-E-R-B-E-R-E. -E -E. I don't know what that is. Me, maybe it's Mebear. I don't know. Mebear.com, Merbear.com, whatever. Fox 5 actually did a report on this new show that is coming out in Atlanta, or probably already did, and I just saw it late. It's called ATL Homicide, and it's with David Quinn and Vince Velasquez. Mm -hmm. Velasquez, they are the two detectives on the murder for this case, so then they're making their own show on, like, a bunch mm -hmm. of different murders that they've solved together. Okay. And they're, like, quite the duo, and I really like them. I also got this from AL.com, which is Alabama.com, and TheInquisitor.com. And I think that's all I got. So, you know, I love a good murder for hire. Yeah. Like, that's it. What you think? 
Uh, that that was good. A lot of information. Too long? No. Okay. It's never too long. Okay, good. Never too long. Ready for round two? Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Tell me murder. All right. Let's see how my boys does throughout this. Okay. Okay. So I really wanted to do this case, but I could not find as much back information, like back stories I wanted to do, no matter how hard I searched. Okay. So we're going to talk about William Sally. Okay. I don't know if that's how you say his last name, but it is now. Okay. So William and Robin Sally, Mm -hmm. they're married and they have a two-year-old son named Ryan. Okay. William's 24. 24. Wait, how old are they? William is 24. Robin is around the same age. Oh, okay. How old is her son? Two. Oh, okay. So Ryan is two. I'm with it. So they don't have a very happy marriage. They're always fighting. Mm -hmm. And then it tends to happen with a (laughs) two-year-old. But worse. Mm. In December of 1989, Robin files for divorce after one of their fights ends up with William beating her with a belt. Mm. A belt? Like it's your daddy? Yeah. Like took his belt off and beat her. First of all, if you hit me one time, you better make it a damn good hit. (laughs) Because when I get back up, you won't. Right. Like I'm a strong bitch. You know? Woman. Strong independent woman. woman and i will kick your ass if you <laughs> were trying not to cuss well listen your daddy can't be mad at you please don't be mad at me mr hill he is it's okay all right so 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 i would like everybody to know that that last podcast that we did took me eight freaking hours to edit okay so Okay, so it is December 1989. They get divorced, and Robin takes Ryan and moves back to live with her parents in Bacon County, Georgia. I'm pretty sure they lived in Illinois, and she moves Ryan and herself in with her parents. Okay. It's not just her parents. Her 17-year-old sister lives there named April, Mm -hmm. and her 9-year-old brother named Justin lives there. So it's her Robin and Ryan, Mm -hmm. and then her parents, John and Linda. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the 17-year-old sister, April, and the 9-year-old brother. Whew, that's a houseful. So, William says he's coming to visit Ryan and then basically kidnaps him Mm-mm. and takes him back to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Robin has to have a judge rule in her favor saying that she has temporary custody of Ryan and can bring him back to Georgia. Oh. She brings him back to Georgia and they are living with her parents and the siblings. William decides he wants to do the right thing mm-hmm. and move close to them. Okay. Before he leaves, he calls his friend. Hey, I need you to purchase me a handgun. Nope. So his friend purchased him a nine millimeter handgun. If you can't buy one on your own, you right? Can't you have don't one. need it. You can't have one. In March of 1990, he moves to Hinesville, Georgia, which is in Liberty County. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a murder. Murder. March 28th, 1990. Mm-hmm. It's in the middle of the night. William heads over to the Moore's home. He <laughs> dresses in all camo. He brings the pistol with him. Mm-hmm, some handgun. Some duct tape. <gasps> and four sets of handcuffs. Because we're just going for a nice, friendly visit, right? Right. You, you're not going for, for sexy time handcuffs. No. Not if you got four sets. What are you doing with four sets of handcuffs? I mean, you I got... I guess one yeah. person for me. <laughs> yeah! Okay. You got the four poster bed. <clears throat> okay. Okay, sorry. So, around 10 p.m. on the 28th, April's on the phone with her boyfriend, and the line just goes dead. She got a boyfriend? 
April's night, 17th. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's not the mama. Robin. No, right. Robin's the mama. The line goes dead. Never good. She doesn't think anything about it, though. She heads on to bed. No, at 17, you're like, Mom! <laughs> the phone! Mom! <laughs> Fix it! At 12.45, so it's March 29th, because you know, midnight turns over to the next day. 12.45 a.m., William breaks into the back door of the house, and everyone else is, like, everyone's sleeping. Yeah. He beelines it to John and Linda's room, and then shoots them both while they're laying in bed. Oh, my God. Or John is hit six different times, including twice in his heart. <gasps> and he is such a badass. Sorry, Dad. That after being shot, he still tries to get up and out of bed and defend his family. Oh, my gosh. That's such a daddy. But he doesn't make it very far. Mm. Once he gets out of bed, he collapses and dies. Oh, my gosh. That's such a dad thing. My dad would my dad would fight to the ends of the earth. Right? For me, yeah. And don't don't mess with me because my daddy will get you. Actually, my husband will get you first. Uh-huh. But my daddy would be right there behind him. Oh, my daddy would probably beat my husband to it. You yeah. know what I mean? My daddy will. Ooh! Yeah. One time, I'll never forget that, okay, I was young. I know, sorry, side note. I, we were young. We were at the skating rink, and these two girls started fighting. And when I say fighting, I mean this girl's, like, kicking her sister. They're kicking this girl in the teeth with her roller skates or whatever. Okay. And okay. they came real close to me because I was sitting in the middle booth. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad's a big old dude, right? Yeah, yeah. When I say that my dad jumped over the middle booth, because they were real close to me. And broke this fight up so fast. I mean, it was this big old girl, too. Mm-hmm. Cleared the middle thing. The whole booth. Tackled this girl. And, like, body slammed her onto the counter. It was the fastest I've ever seen somebody react to something. But you were not about to get close to me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. It was so scary. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, my dad would be right right there first, but, you know, I'm always with Jordan. Jordan don't play. He holds grudges. <laughs> you make me upset one time and he hates you for life. For life. For life. <laughs> I can think of a few people he would have in mind. <laughs> right? Yeah. Even if I don't hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan hates you for life. You are dead to him. Yeah. Back to our story. Sorry. John collapses and dies. And Linda, you know, the mom, she's also shot multiple times. She's shot in the shoulder. In both of her thighs and in the thumb. Does she live? Her injuries are not life-threatening. So Yay! she lives. Don't How do you shoot hand? somebody in the thumb? <laughs> what a tiny little area <laughs> to shoot for. I don't think he was you aiming. You have this big old body right there. And you're like, boom, thumb. Got it. I don't think he was aiming for the thumb. Like, for all you know, she sleeps with her hand like this. Like me right like now? Like this. You can see it. Can like me? See it? Yeah. If I were like- and so just like. Hit her thumb, too. I wonder if, like, she was holding, like, laying on her side and her arm, hands were like this and went through her thumb and then hit her shoulder. It could, yeah. I wonder if she's missing her thumb. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Next. <laughs> After the initial attack where he just, like, goes in there and, like, unloads his clip, mm-hmm. he runs outside. That's it? No, it's not it. Oh, I'm like, what a bitch. Well, he is. A, he yeah, is. he is. So, he runs outside and he's reloading his gun. Uh-uh. Yeah, Robin and April wake up, of course, and they run into their parents' room to help them, but they can't call 911. Phone's dead. Phone's dead. So they find out later, not not while they're trying to help the parents, but William had ripped all of the wires out of the phone box outside of the house. I wouldn't even know where to find a phone box. 
I don't think you can do that anymore. Oh, okay. Maybe you can. I don't know. I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm not ripping any wires out of anything. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, no, that shocked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to begin to find wires. Right. I mean, that telephone pole out there by the road. <laughs> <laughs> and the entire neighborhood would be black. Yeah. I'd be like, I got it. <laughs> so while Robin and April are in their parents' bedroom, or in their parents' bedroom, trying to help, William just pops off two more rounds into the room. It just into the room. Yeah. And, like, he's outside, and he's like, bang, bang. But they don't hit anybody. What a douche. Right? April, you know, the 17-year-old, decides she's going to run for help because they can't call 911. Mm-hmm. Their closest neighbor is a fourth of a mile away. Oh, gosh. So she's going to run for help. She makes it to the front porch, and William's like, uh-uh. You go on back inside now. <gasps> I'm going to kill you if you don't go back inside. So she turns around and goes back inside. Where's the nine-year-old? In the parent, I think everybody's in the parents' oh, okay. room. Okay, and the baby. I think everybody's in the parents' room. Okay, got it. Okay, and the I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's no one else. <laughs> William eventually comes back into the house. He handcuffs Linda, the mom, and Justin, the nine-year-old, to Linda's bed with the deceased John <gasps> in the room. Oh. He then takes duct tape and handcuffs Robin and April together. He takes Robin and April. Back to his trailer in Lincoln County. But we're all doing this because Robin's taking his son, right? But where's Ryan? Right. Okay. He leaves Ryan in the bedroom with his grandmother and his uncle and his dead grandfather. He lives his two-year-old in that room. Most of the reports that I read say that when he takes Robin and April back to the trailer in Lincoln County, that he rapes them. Some don't say anything about it. But pretty We're sure. We're going to assume the worst because he's the worst. Yeah. Pretty sure that he that's what suck happens. It. Suck it. Yeah. Pretty sure that it happens though. While he's holding Robin and April, he makes a recording <gasps> of him and Robin talking about their marriage and about Ryan as a baby and that he regrets his violence toward Robin. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, okay. So, we're good now? <laughs> right? So, like, we're good? Yeah. Because, like. I'm sorry I beat you with the... I'm sorry I just killed your dad. Mm. I'm so sorry. Like, I feel bad about it. Yeah, your mom's thumb. So... Rest in peace, thumb. <laughs> so, we're good? <laughs> we're getting back together? You just call this the whole divorce thing off? Great. Several hours after all this happens, Linda and Justin are able to get th- free from the bed. Mm-hmm. They run to the neighbors and they call police. I wonder if they were like, you remember those handcuffs you had as a kid <laughs> where they had the little notch on the right? <laughs> And they were just there this whole time, and they were like, oh, man. And then they were like, oh, look. (laughs) That would be awful. I know. So they run and call for release. Before anything else happens, William releases Robin in April, but only after asking them, like, can you not press charges? And they're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yeah, sure, we won't press any charges. Yeah, you're safe. You're good. Uh Uh-huh. And he leaves the audio tape. Of the, and the like notes in the audio tape leaves it with Robin and April. He's like, See, I regret things. Please don't press charges. Let's get back together. Yeah. We're I'm good. I'm trusting you with this so you you believe me. Right? So I'm the good guy. I, right? I'm the victim here. Yeah. Let's get back together. <laughs> that same day, William gets arrested at his home. He doesn't even try to go anywhere. 
He just they show up and he's like, I knew I shouldn't have trusted that bitch. <laughs> I thought we were working it out. <laughs> no, we're good. So he gets arrested at home and he, you know, doesn't even try to get rid of the murder weapon. It's just like sitting right there. And he's like, oh. right <laughs> let me wrap this case up with a pretty bow and hand it to you. <laughs> he's charged with malice murder, mm-hmm. felony murder, aggravated assault, kidnapping with bodily, bodily injury times two. And possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony. <laughs> I bet he got less time than Constance did for, <laughs> for forgery. Here's your, here's your 40 years. And he, they're like, oh, but you felt bad about it. <laughs> you made that audio recording uh-huh. so that she could listen to it later on. Uh-huh. Reminisce on the good times. <laughs> he gets found guilty beyond mm-hmm. a reasonable doubt. Duh. And you want to guess his sentence? Are you not? Is it life plus five years? Like plus two point five. Life plus no, two. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like two point five. Okay. He gets sentenced to death. Does he? Yeah. Shit. Sentenced to death. Please don't tell me they also sentence him to prison after death. Yeah. Life. Okay, but there's a reason for this. Oh my god. If the death conviction is overturned, he still has all these other convictions that they also have to get overturned. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. He's sentenced to life for each count of kidnapping, so two life sentences, 20 years for burglary, 20 years for the aggravated assault, and five years for the possession of firearm during the commission of a felony. Okay. All right. So let's say that life is 30 years, 40, 25 years, right? Okay. So he gets 25, 25, 20. Mm-hmm. What's next? 20. 20. Wait, so I'm at 50 plus 40 is 90. And okay. then five more. So, 95 years in prison. Yeah. But you're already, like, 25. So, you are eligible for parole <laughs> when you are 115 years old. Yeah. Then we just let him go. We're just going to let him walk and be a free man at 115? <laughs> I feel like if you make it to 115. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this was all in 1990, right? Yes. In 1998, the court reverses the conviction. <gasps> what? Yeah. For what? Uh, I'm not supposed to scream. Sorry, Daddy. There were some problems with, like, his defense, like, the attorneys, things like that. Shut up. So, they overrule it, and it gets Shut sent up. back to court. So, June 28th of 2000, Bacon County's like, no, nah, we still want you. And the ground jury did it. The ground jury. It's not the grand, but the ground. No, Is that the, for real? No. Oh. <laughs> The grand jury reindicts William Sally on all the offenses except for theft by taking. They're like, eh, we'll just forget about that one. Which is the theft by taking? What did he take? We don't know. The, the girls. I thought that'd be kidnapping. It okay. is. No, I'm just theft kidding. by taking. Huh. <laughs> if anything, took like something minor. <laughs> <laughs> took a photo from the crime scene. Theft by taking. Right. They're just looking for charges. We. Took a picture of Robin and yeah. Ryan. <laughs> One of our wedding photos that we could frame it when we got back together. Right. We just really loved it. <laughs> so he's convicted again. But it's the death penalty. So we have to go through all of our appeals, right? Yes. Would you like to know what his appeals are? Because these are good ones. Insanity. No. Nope. Schizophrenia. No. No. The I'm court's so- racist. What? The court is racist. He's a white man. But the court's racist. They didn't let enough black jurors in. Okay. He doesn't like 
that they didn't let enough black black jurors in. Also, he doesn't like that the photos of John Moore at the crime scene and the autopsy were shown. Why are the photos of the person that I murdered relevant to my murder case? I don't really like seeing those photos. They hurt my heart. They hurt my heart. So, kid, <laughs> we please not show them? Yeah. Thank you. They're too grisly. He also wanted a statement by John Moore to be included in the trial. What statement? I'm going to tell you about the statement. I'm so done with this fool. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. Where's Constance when you need her? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. But apparently, in December of 1989... John went to the court and asked about William and Robin's divorce. Mm-hmm. And he was told that it hasn't been signed yet. And John Moore got upset and said there's going to be a killing before all this is over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the court does not include it because William was not present and did not know about this being said until after the murder trial started. So it's not like you can say... I was worried that he was going to kill me. Right. Because he didn't even know that it happened. Right. Not only that, John didn't state who would be murdered. So it's not like... He might. He could have been like, there's going to be a killing because he's going to kill somebody. Right. He like Right. He's crazy. William's crazy. He's going to kill somebody. Right. That's not what he meant. He probably meant like, I'm going to kill this Okay. So those are the things. Those are all the things that he's like, all these things are wrong. Like the court's racist. John said that there was going to be a murder, and I don't like the pictures of the person that I murdered (laughs) to be here. Yeah, that's too close to home. Too close. The court's like, I don't really care. You still suck, and we still want to go ahead and kill you. Okay. So, December 6th of 2016. Mm -hmm. Damn! William is finally put to death. Oh. By lethal injection. Where? In. Oh, there. Okay. He's 50. So, 26 years after the murder. No, not 26. Is it 26? Hold on. My math. Math. 16. That would be 26. Yeah. 26 years after the murder. Finally put to death. You want to know what his last last meal is? Oh, God. A medium pizza with sausage and pepperoni. Chicken wings with buffalo sauce. And a large soda. No ranch? No ranch is listed. That's weird. And there were six protesters to protest the fact that he was being put to death. Did he know these protesters? No, they just don't like the the death penalty. Oh my god. Do we ever hear anything from the wife? No. Like, I'm telling you, I looked at, I tried to find things about, like, where they got married, where they lived, all these things. Could not find anything. Everything that you can find on this man is that he was killed. There are literally two YouTube videos they're both 18 seconds long. And they were like, hey, this guy was killed. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's it. Holy cow. So that the whole plus five, I can't. <laughs> he was sentenced to death plus 115 years. Like, what in the what in the what? What in the what? What, what was his end game? What was he think? Like, what did he think was gonna happen? <laughs> they were gonna get back together. I'm gonna come and... in here. I'm gonna kill my father in law because he's getting on my nerves. Uh huh. And try to kill his mother in law. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna rape my wife and her sister. I'm, but I'm gonna shoot her in the thumb. The mother in law. Yeah. You're gonna shoot her in the thumb. I'm gonna rape my wife and my sister. Ew. And then, um, or my sister in law. Ew. I'm gonna leave my two year old son with his dead grandfather. Because he's a good babysitter. Mm-mm. And um, then I'm going to tell you how sorry I am that I'm I so beat you sorry. with the belt. 
and hope we can get back together. I hope we can work I wonder if he, like, apologized for, like, hey, Sarah also just killed your dad and shot your mom and handcuffed him and left our two-year-old. Um, so sorry. Um, also, when I beat you with the... I'm sorry. I love you. You have a lot to apologize I for. I love it. I bet it was, like, the typical narcissist, like, I wouldn't have done these things if you hadn't have done it. Like... If you hadn't have picked our son up and moved him to Georgia, I wouldn't have had to kill your dad. Yes. So, like, we're good, right? Because, like, this is your fault, too? Yeah. As long as we can all take our roles in this, like, it's I guess we can just forget It's mostly your fault, but... (laughs) We can just forget this ever happened. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry I killed your dad. That was a good one, though. I was really invested in that one. Yeah. I I think I was more invested in that one than the serial killer. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Well... I like the serial killers for some reason. I love a murder for hire. Well, we all have our thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I feel like we did good. Yeah. My mouth was even better than before. It got better last night. It gets better every time. Yeah. So. Less cussing. Mm-hmm. We're working on it. Yeah. To whoever our listeners are that don't to appreciate the, it. To the six of you now, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> We hope for seven next week. Yes. We're going to, we should set goals. Ooh. How many listeners do we have currently? Oh, I do have a friend. Her name is Jordan. And, um, we were friends on Facebook because of like my makeup page I used to do. Mm -hmm. And she tags us and stuff all the time. And Jordan, I really appreciate that. Thank you. That's going to be our like new shout out. So let's do shout out. So Jordan Stewart, thank you. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, um, can you Good leave mom. us um leave us a, a rating? I think Jordan did. Uh yeah, I think she did too. Follow yeah. us on Facebook. Just another murder cast. Uh-huh. And we need reviews. We have 22 now. Like, doesn't that make you feel like a somebody? Just sitting 23. in Texas listening to all awesome stories. Oh, that's Kristen. That's a so yeah. that's my friend um that I used to work with. And her and her husband live in Texas now. Mm-hmm. And she sent me pictures of her working out mm-hmm. while listening to our podcast. It was the one about the ghost. And she said she was dying laughing. And um, I was like, who listens to murder podcasts while working out? But thank you. I appreciate it. Robert Roberto. That's Channing's dad. Oh, my God. I thank you. You're so sweet. Candy. Love it. Love Candy. We got to get her on here. Yes. Yes. She wants to come sit in. I think that's like everybody that we haven't mentioned before. Because, you know, we're climbing on up there now that we're all fancy and stuff. Right? So we got just- 23 reviews. <laughs> How many reviews do we want since we know those? Okay. Um, By next week, I think I would like to be to 30. Do you think 30 is possible? Let's do 30. We, okay. One we, week, we need 30. Yes. We need 30. So share, like us on Facebook, share, whatever. I don't care. Um, also, if you have any case suggestions, please uh, send them to us. Mm-hmm. Send yep. them to us. Closer to Georgia, the better. But if you have anything else, just let us know. If it's good and we need to do it, we don't care. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'll do it the day of. <laughs> <laughs> I literally got here today. I was told to come over that she's ready for me. I walk in the house. She's like, I need you to get out. <laughs> I like, okay. I have worked 45 hours this week already. I know. I've, you have been busy. And well, I've just been sitting at home. Trying to breathe. <laughs> I need you to write my legs, okay? Okay, so I love you guys. Thank you so much. This was so much fun, and uh, we'll be back. Yeah. You're going on vacation next week. Yeah, so it'll probably be a little over a week before we come back because, you know, spring break. I might take the microphone, and if I have a chance while we're at the lake, I might make Spence. I might make Martha Joe sit through it with mm-hmm. me. I could take it and make Kayla do it with me. Yes. All right, I'll let her know. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Kayla's going to have to listen to her case. <laughs> All right. Yep. So maybe next week we'll do one case, one take, short. Yes. You know, episode 5.5. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Hands in. One, two, three. Jam. Jam. <laughs> <laughs>